0: Welcome back to the Gen Z Speaks podcast. It has been um, it seems like forever since we last did this. How long has it been? Two and a half weeks. Three, three, weeks? three weeks. Yeah. Our apologies for the inconsistency. The all has been swamped, but let's do this. Let's dive right in. With me,
1: my usual co-host, as you can see, Matt gutierrez How you doing, man? Doing good, man. Just working on some projects, trying to get out of the swamp. <laughs> What's
2: get swamp? out of the swamp what is the swamp are you fucking what shrek?
1: <laughs> are you shrek Bro, you, you don't get it man the swamp as in like he said we were swamped and so i'm trying to get out oh, of okay. the swamp oh,
2: okay. wow,
0: okay. wow. sounds like you were living yeah, yeah. Hey, beautiful <laughs> world wordplay right
2: there beautiful wordplay
0: the Dude, the other it? co-host who interjected meanly Jenner, thank you. how you doing fun, man. I,
2: I thought he was talking about like shrek or something he's gonna get out of the swamp <laughs> or something i'm like i don't know what's going on here yeah, I'm doing great though, man. I'm doing having a fantastic so week.
0: We that's good. It's good to hear. That's we we've got a lot of topics to discuss: the elections that just happened on Tuesday, um, the name change of Facebook to Meta, and, and and a variety of other topics. But let me just start off with with a quintessential question, Jenish: How does it feel to 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 be from a home country that lost to my home country by ten wickets? For those of you who don't know, we're talking about cricket. The the World Cup is happening, which is the biggest thing in in all of cricket. And uh, my country, Pakistan, and his country, India, have one of the biggest rivalries. And we just beat them by 10 wickets for the first time in 70 years. We we had never beaten India in a World Cup game before this year. And now we're undefeated on our way to the semifinals while India continues to lose. So I just wanted to get this moment because I don't know if I'll get it again. How does it feel, Janish? I it's mean, I'm
2: fine, First man. After, beat. I mean, after 70 years of winning, you know, it's, you know, sometimes, you know, you got to just let the other guy have a chance, you know, I just feel kind of bad for you guys at, at the end of the day, like, but, but
0: uh, 10 wickets, 10 wickets basically means they lost by like, I don't know, for in basketball terms,
2: like 50, they lost, yeah, by like we, we gave years. you guys that game, we, as a collective, <laughs> as a country, as a collective unit, we were like, you know, let them, you know, we, we don't want to ways <laughs> this war too much we don't want to keep beating you guys so you know we want to we, we're all about unity trying to you know be, make indian Pakistan come back together so you know we want to let you guys win experience how it feels like you know to win and uh yeah i hope you guys are enjoying the moment <laughs> you know
0: whatever helps you sleep better at night janish that's um mm-hmm. whatever whatever helps you i mean sleep i'm just better. speaking straight facts but yeah <laughs> <laughs> you are not you're not spending facts but okay um you might be actually we've we've done pretty bad in the past but Um, All right. All right. So let's dive into the election results. So on Tuesday, um, off-year elections happen in states like Virginia, New Jersey, and a couple others. And Democrats suffered a lot of losses. In Virginia, they lost the governorship. Um, And again, as a reminder, Joe Biden won Virginia by 10 points. And the governor, the Republican candidate, won by two points. And the New Jersey governor, Phil Murphy, he won by 1.6 points. And again, Joe Biden won that state by 16 points. And this happened in local election races as well in New York City. Uh, on the local level, a lot of Democrats lost their seats. Interestingly enough, let me tell you guys something interesting. So the New Jersey State Senate president, right? He lost his district to a truck driver in New Jersey who had never, who had never run for any political office. He shot his whole, he spent like $400 on his whole campaign. And he filmed his entire campaign video on his smartphone and he beat the guy, the second top most Democrat in the state, who was, again, like I said, the state Senate president and the guy in Virginia who beat the incumbent, um, not the incumbent governor. So there was Terry McAuliffe, who was the Democrat seeking nomination, seeking to be Virginia's governor. He had been Virginia's governor from 2014 to 2018. And this guy, Republican guy. Uh, um, Glenn, um, I'm I'm, I'm blanking on his last name, but this Republican guy who had never run for uh, office in the past, I believe he was in financing, and he was just a wealthy guy, a political outsider, and he won too. So my point is a lot of political outsiders in the Republican part. On the Republican side, won. what do you guys think about this? I mean, we did expect Democrats to lose some seats, but not to the extent that they did, especially in Virginia, because as I said, um, Biden won that state by 10 points, but now the Republicans control the governorship. So what 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 are your thoughts?
2: I'll let you speak on it first, Matt. Do you have any comments?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I think what's happening is, so obviously I, I don't think, <clears throat> I think what happened with the Joe Biden election is people were unhappy with Trump's original plot and like how everything exceeded or um, ended up falling through the last year right and so what i think is happening people decided to vote joe biden in, hoping there was a better plot in place unfortunately i don't think that much better things are happening right now i think people are still disappointed in the way things are rolling out and i think um that's a result of how the democrats are playing out in in these states
2: i think uh i have a comment just to make about the uh, guy who won who was not even like a political in the political scene at all I think we're going to see a lot more of that just in general throughout um, the next, you know, 10, 20, 100 years, because I feel like people are kind of seeing through the disgenuous nature of like the, our political uh, leaders that we have right now. You know, we, we you kind of just you can kind of just tell even when they're speaking that they're just speaking how they want to be perceived as just to get the votes. It's nothing is like genuine right now. And that's why when someone is actually like genuine and you know this guy that's what I mean like when you just pull up with a smartphone and use recorded that's like as genuine as you can get you know there's no like you don't have a massive production team million dollars into uh ads and stuff you just have a smartphone and you're just you know you just record yourself and and that that's just genuine and you know whatever his message I, I didn't see what his message was or or any of his ads but whatever his message was got through
1: the public yeah, Jen, I think you're hundred percent right, man. I think like this, uh, this, disgenuity yeah, genuity that's going on right now is just, it's skyrocketing. People are realizing, I think what happens is we're all on social media. Right. And we kind of see how people act and how people are like disingenuous as is. And then you go ahead and you look at politics and people are acting still disingenuous and you can kind of, um, like point that out more easily. It's just it's obvious now, and it's annoying because you just see them say the same thing term after term after term, and you don't see any real changes, and then people continue to say the same things to make people happy, but Unfortunately, it's like how the cookie crumbles if if people keep saying the same things and nothing's happening, people aren't going to trust you as much anymore
0: yeah, so i on the last point when you said that they keep talking about the same thing, so I work at a political consulting firm, and this morning, what I had to kind of do is analyzed the Facebook ads of um, Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat who was running for Virginia's governorship, and then Glenn Youngkin, who was running for the Republican uh, on the Republican side. And one thing that I noticed was that on the on the Democrat side, Terry McAuliffe, a lot of his ads focused on Trump. And Trump is not the president anymore. But again, he remains, you know, popular on the Republican side. And what he was kind of saying is that, you know, Glenn Youngkin, he's He's been endorsed by Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is using him as like a pawn to like launch his 2024 nomination. Uh, point is, um, Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat in Virginia was overusing Trump. That's the number one thing that I noticed. And second thing that I noticed was um, the the Terry McAuliffe, the the Glenn, the Glenn Youngkin guy was actually not talking about um, he was actually talking about issues like that Virginians were facing and the Democrat guy was kind of just bringing up Trump often and all the ads that I saw, a lot of the ads that I saw, they were consistently just talking about Trump and how divisive he was in January 6th of insurrection. We all know Trump is bad and January 6th was bad, but I feel like the public is at a point where we're kind of just tired about hearing Trump and anything related to him. And we kind of just want to focus on the issues, things that actually matter and the idea that this you know, Glenn Youngkin guy who had never had public office before, I think, it, like you guys said, it probably plays a role in, in terms of how people perceive of a certain candidate. Again, this other guy, Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat in Virginia, he had already been governor of Virginia from 2014 to the 2018. And so I think it's a sign, like you said, Janish, that people are tired of seeing incumbent politicians run for office again and again. It kind of brings me to this. I don't know if this happened two or three weeks ago, but Andrew Yang came out with a new political party. He's calling it the forward party and, you know, left, right, forward. That's kind of like his, his logic behind it. But I actually think that it's things like that, that are going to change um, the political status quo, even though Andrew Yang, you know, I don't know how successful this party is going to be. Obviously this, the odds are stacked against him, but if he truly wants to build an in, you know, he really wants, if he really wants to invigorate the independent voters, I think, um, I, you know, I agree with his mission in that, but I what, think, so what do you guys think about his new political party? Like, do you think it's going to be any, any success just... or
2: do you think he's just doing a publicity stunt for his new book, which is also called forward? So uh, just kind of going back to w- one thing before we go to uh, Andrew rings party. Um, I think the whole thing with like, uh, you know, pol- pol- politicians and stuff is that it just feels like, um. A lot of the existing politicians are just too focused on the politics of being a politician. If that makes sense, they're they're not they're not really like like you said they're not focused on the issues at all or like whatever the problems that people are facing. They're more focused on the politics. Like you said, the governor is mentioning just Trump. He's trying to you know oh uh, vilify the Republican Party with Trump and stuff rather than saying hey what's what are some of the problems we're having in the state? What are some issues we can solve? it's not problem oriented it's like politics oriented and vote oriented that's the mindset that's gonna pretty much drag down all these like politicians that are in it just to you know have a job not not because they actually want to solve problems and affect the world in a good
1: way yeah i think like the whole thing okay so another thing i think the whole problem with not the problem but um, the whole forward aspect of, of, uh, Andrew Yang's like new plan is I think it's good. I, I think like the whole left and right thing, I'm totally over it. I'm not even going to lie. I'm just over both sides. I have no issue saying like, I, I don't classify myself as a Democrat. I don't classify myself as a, rep- a Republican. I just look at policies and then I decide what I like and what I don't like. I just, I don't like to be classified by parties that continue to you know, politicize everything, like everything in this world is being politicized. And it's just, it's exhausting to continue to hear how, you know, basic parts of life are being politicized. And, you know, I'm either a Democrat or I'm a Republican and, you know, this is why I'm wrong or this is why I'm right. And it's just like, no, this is what I believe in. And this is what I'm going to go ahead and say. And so I'm over that. Um, I don't know much about the forward policy, but I'm glad that there's like some outreach to something new because it's just exhausting at this point.
0: Yeah, it's going back to Janice. You know you, how you said a lot of politicians are out of touch with people. As I was analyzing these Facebook ads, um, Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat uh, who was running for governor in Virginia, who lost, he actually uh, ran a couple of ads that you know kind of touted his endorsement from the Washington Post's ed- editorial board. The thing is, like nobody read, nobody cares about the Washington Post's editorial board's opinion about who they endorsed or who they didn't, right? And then his campaign was talking about Taylor Swift and how like, um, you know, Glenn, Glenn Youngkin somehow screwed over Taylor Swift or something like that. Point is, so many of these politicians are a lot of like kind of wannabes and they kind of hit on, they kind of just like use every single target, every single issue that they can find to attack the other person in a very, you know, dishonest way. And it's the only thing that they have in mind is to get as many votes as they can and, you know, maintain office. I don't think another problem, in my opinion, again, is that public office really shouldn't be like financially lucrative. Like, if you look at a pay of a member of Congress, currently, it's $165,000. And when you retire, Or when you're not in Congress, you go work for a lobbying group or anything other than that. And like the people who actually work for those politicians who actually do the brunt of the work, they make around like $40,000 or $50,000. My point is, it's not really public service, because you're getting paid so much money for basically doing nothing. Like, what do you do as a member of Congress if you're not passing legislation, like just a bunch of public, you know, headlines, public attacks, like just like it's like a social hierarchy i so it's not all politicians some of them actually are there for good reasons in my opinion um but a lot of them seem to just do it because i guess it's i don't know it's a power thing it's like you said maybe it's a social status thing they want to be known or maybe they just like to make be in a room of power i don't know what it is but
1: yeah it's
2: it's a combination you know it's like power money it's like combination of everything you meet like powerful people obviously you have power because these, like, if you're, if you're at Congress, for example, comp, like these company CEOs are coming to you lobbying for whatever they want to get passed, that, that hence you have power, right? And then obviously you're making good money. So it's like a combination of a lot of things. That's, that would, that's what makes it lucrative, but it shouldn't be lucrative in that way. It should be lucrative in terms of like, Hey, I want to help the American people.
1: Right. Real quick. So like, so the whole Yunkin thing, and I was reading about it, and it seems like, so Youngkin is obviously Republican, right? And obviously, in order to receive some votes, he kind of has to adhere to, you know, some of the Trump supporters. But he wasn't, like, overly doing it, right? But another thing that I noticed that he was doing, well, so according to the surveys, like, I know surveys aren't super accurate and all, but um, according to surveys that they sent out, major- eight out of ten people were saying that he was not overdoing it. One out of ten said he overdid it, and then one out of ten people said he under- did it Um, but regardless uh, another thing he actually did do and I don't see it happening often is he tried to like go towards the moderate voters as well trying to even though he's Republican saying that he's going to provide some value to like the education system and you know actual issues that are important to like moderates and you know it's typically Democrats as well Um, so I thought that was interesting as well he's not just I mean like you were saying attacking um, the dem uh, the the incumbent right but he was kind of Facing policies that kind of, um, uh, not attack but kind of deal with everybody. Yeah, I mean, I think
2: just like a better way to phrase it, is he's more focused on policies that he actually cares about, rather than
1: like, am I going to get the Republican vote or the Democratic vote? Right. So, do you, okay, real quick question that popped up: Do you think if they, if the new guys that come up and you know they're trying to win, um, you know, office, do you think that by focusing on the policies? that that's enough to beat the incumbent because you know we've learned that you know eight out of ten times or nine out of ten times the incumbent is going to win and it doesn't matter who it is doesn't matter what they say the incumbent's going to win do you think that speaking on the policies and you know straying away from all the noise is going to be enough to beat the incumbent so that, that's a so
0: good question but it, it really just depends on what type of election race you're running running for something like governor right it's a combination of both you can definitely run on a platform of policies and choose not to attack the other side there's so many examples of recent politicians i will give them some credit for this like aoc 2018 she beat the third highest democrat up in the house of representatives and she did that by one doing a really good job of getting together people by going doing different town halls speaking to communities about issues policies things that really you know, mattered to the district that she represents. I think she represents Queens and the Bronx or areas around those neighborhoods. And so she ran on a campaign of issues. And the only thing that she attacked the other guy was for, he was never around. He was always in, in Washington, DC. Like he never really talked to voters often because like you said, incumbent, you get complacent, you know, you're in there for decades and you kind of just like say, Oh, I'm going to win anyways. Like, why, do, why should I even talk to or have these many town halls and so you can definitely win but you have to be an effective you know obviously like a public speaker you you, you've got to understand like how to bring people together how to talk to people who disagree with you so it's definitely doable but again uh it's not a utopia so you definitely have to attack the other person in some way or shape um you know however may that be you know obama in 2000 2012 and against Mitt Romney, he primarily, you know, ran on issues, but he also attacked Mitt Romney. So it was a combination of of, of the two. So, I mean, he didn't personally offend anyone. He just attacked him on his platform and issues. Our country has gone so polarized that it's all just personal attacks now, at least in
2: national races that I've noticed. So, yeah, I think um, in terms of like national races, it's much harder to not attack and just be a policy base because, because of like the two party system that we have established, there's no like other option for the people. So you kind of have to attack another other party to, to make yourself like seem better. But in term in like governor races and like more local elections, I think you can be solely policy based
1: and still have a good chance of winning. But the re- the thing is like I understand like you have to attack. No, I don't want to say attack. So I'm gonna use the word disprove. Why can't you just disprove? what the other candidate is saying. Why does it have to result in, I under, I'm, I'm, it's rhetorical. I understand why they're attacking the other candidate, right? But why can't it be, you know, disproving their policies in order to win? Why can't it be saying, hey, this is why they're wrong and this is why my, my idea might not be perfect, but it's probably a little better than theirs. You know what I mean? It's not, it, it's too, like it's straw man fallacy. That's all it is. They're just attacking the person and attacking instead of attacking the actual issue and what they're running against. Can I be honest with you?
2: have you please remember uh trump and uh hillary i remember the the primaries i don't know if you watch any of those primaries of course they discuss like literally nothing regarding the topic like they would mention the, the debates, topic. not the prime like the debates. oh yeah the debates sorry yeah, yeah. the debates not primaries the debates right they, they talked to nothing about the, the the policy was just like oh to get the conversation going and then after that it was just attacks because i feel like dude they give like two minutes to talk about the policies like nobody's gonna talk about policies in two minutes and come up with like a resolution or or even disprove it takes like five minutes just to establish a policy argument right that's
0: in my opinion that's a bad example because if you have donald trump in the room you're not gonna talk about any talk about anything except for what he decides to talk about like he was attacking hillary on every single thing i mean if you guys remember he brought out all the accusers that accused bill clinton of rape and sexual assault to a debate and so that's like he had no he had no boundaries and so but but you're right in that like i don't know if you guys noticed the most recent debate 2020 biden and remember trump and that one debate where they it was a yelling match and they talked about nothing yeah. nothing was talked about it was all just yelling back who, and hey, who
2: called who a clown i remember someone called someone a biden, biden biden called, biden called called i didn't biden Trump Trump yeah. clown. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, Hillary wasn't kind
0: of personally... I will give her credit for that, even though I'm not that big of a fan of Hillary. She wasn't, like, you know, attacking him constantly. Biden was just going at him afterwards. Like, he was like, shut up, man. Like, you know, he was saying all these things. It was kind of like a boxing match, but with words, which was
1: interesting to see. But...
2: Yeah, but I think, like...
0: I hate to
1: say interesting, man. It's not interesting. It's like... I I think it's interesting. You know, I
0: think... I really think it's interesting because um we we are not learning from our mistakes and it's interesting to me why why that is I mean it's sad it's sad but it's also interesting the same thing keeps happening again and again and I think people should actually watch our podcast or listen to with the guy uh, Christopher Federico he was a professor at University of Minnesota and we just talked about like the psychology of politics and what you know why people make certain choices so I'll refer you we can actually link it when we post this but I think we've talked enough about this do you guys yeah. have any any last
1: words on this, uh, on this. No. Go ahead, no real quick we're gonna link the chris federico um link as well but we're also on spotify now if you know you don't want to jump on youtube and you know <laughs> uh jump up on your screen time jump on spotify at our um our gen z speaks podcast and you know listen to all you're in the car
0: yeah it um it took us a long time to get there but we got there um so yeah it's all watch that matters on spotify this last thing on this uh, this recent election thing one I think one of the other reasons why Democrats lost was the Biden agenda is clearly not moving forward. The Democratic Party is not united at all. Senators Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin, they're kind of the most moderate people, I guess, the most conservative of the Democrats, and they're kind of holding up legislation because they don't agree with certain elements to it. And so people are recognizing that, and they see that the Democrats are not on the same page. And that is also why um democrats lost and also second thing the 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 incumbent party always loses in an off year election and this was bound to happen but to the extent that it did goes to show that the biden's presidency at least on the legislative side needs to be much more successful for the democrats to even have a chance next year in the midterms so that's my last uh, analysis fleeting words um and what, what's right. the next topic so right?
2: let's let's move on to the metaverse once again no 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 before, oh, before we move on there i really want to talk about that just like a okay. quick side topic right um pfizer this friday actually released a covid uh pill i don't know if you guys heard but pretty much uh, for people so mostly covid's you know been not cured but been taken care with either getting a vaccine or ivs in the hospital and stuff but with this pill you can give it to someone who's hospitalized and um they're saying and in their studies it shows that 89% of a uh, reduction in hospitalizations or death after a month of taking this pill so out of the 770 people that took this pill not, nobody died right <laughs> that's good and um way few people were hospitalized i think it was only like 5% that were hospitalized uh, even after the pill, so um, it's, I mean, I guess it's some sort of alternative for people who don't want to be vaccinated because, you know, they, they're scared of getting a vaccine, maybe Kyrie might take this uh, pill, you know, who knows, so um, yeah, I mean, is you guys think a pill is a good idea, you know, is this a, maybe for people who don't want to get vaccinated or something? <laughs> People who are not getting vaccinated
0: they don't want anything in their bodies that's like made by Pfizer or any of these pharmaceutical companies, so I don't know if a pill will help maybe it, it might help elderly people again I, I don't have any background on uh, immunology, but it might help elderly people who, as we know, the booster shots all of them have a certain window of immunity, and that when that expires, maybe you know the 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 prescribed medicine is a better option than like uh, consistently injecting yourself every three or four months, but yeah, really quickly, did you guys hear about Aaron Rodgers since we're on this topic? About how,
1: yes, I am absolutely discouraged. I'm not discouraged because we are the GOAT team right now in the league one second. Wait, explain to them who
0: Aaron Rodgers is because some people, oh, don't have all
1: right, them. whatever. So, Aaron Rodgers is you know, all star QB, he's arguably the best in the league quarterback, so most people's- the NFL.
0: Oh, You're using uh, football terms, man. Come on, <laughs> I'm sorry, he's he's the quarterback for the Packers in the national football, League NFL.
1: Yeah, man. I'm, okay. So yes, he is a, <laughs> so green Bay Packers out of Wisconsin. If you want to be specific here, he's arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, most people say Tom Brady, but I am a Packers fan diehard. And so I will say it's the GOAT, Aaron Rodgers, And he's been on a winning streak. Like nobody has been in a winning streak in the NFL right now. Um, we're seven one and he just got COVID and so the likeliness is that he will not play this Sunday. Um, Jordan Love will have to take over, but I am still confident in our offense.
0: Okay, but you missed the most important part, the vaccine scandal that he's going through. Like, he refused, he said.
1: Oh, oh, right, right. You know about it? You know about that, right? I'm over, yes, I'm just overly excited about it. Just explain, explain to him what's going on with him, because it's a pretty big story, actually. So, it, it, the whole story was that he didn't want to take the vaccine, right? Like, and he's playing the NFL, even though it's mandated. Yeah, but but a reporter asked him a question in the summer. And, and he
0: said, yeah, I've been Im- immunized. But he was lying. Like, he wasn't lying. He wasn't being honest.
2: He was wordplay.
0: He never took the vaccine. And now he said he was immunized because he took some, like, I don't know. He did something that, like, increases immunization levels or something like that. But, yeah, he's not vaccinated. And he's saying he feels, like, restrained, constrained. Like, his freedom is not there. And so yeah, it's like these privileged guys who make like 30, 40 million dollars, you know, a year and they're complaining about a stupid shot that all of us like not you, I mean, you need so many people have immunizations. I mean, the polio vaccine, so many other stuff. I honestly fundamentally don't understand like Kyrie Irving or Aaron Rodgers. I don't understand why
1: they refuse to get vaccinated. Like half the most of the team is already vaccinated. Like, what's gonna happen? Like <laughs> I think it's an NFL mandate. I don't think it's it's not not allowed. I think they have to do it, and he just he's refusing to. And obviously the word play thing.
2: Yeah, I was watching. Right. This is like a side note. I was watching a Kanye West interview today. This was like a new one that just came out, and this dude said he was half vaccinated because he only got one shot. He didn't get the other one. I'm like, what? I just, like, what? <laughs> what? That's it's such a Kanye <laughs>
1: thing to do. It's 70% efficient, man. Taking one shot. I mean wait real quick okay i want to talk about the covid pill uh and then um something about the whole thing that's going around la and, and socal um okay so real quick so the covid pill i don't think I, I think so i read that it's used for emergency purposes right it's not supposed to be like a replacement of the vaccine but if it if you do get covid and it turns out to be um like it turns out to be bad you take the covid pill and then it's supposed to help you up i i that's tell me if i'm so, wrong on that. no
2: so the, the, that might be another pill because a lot of these companies are trying to make this pill, but the one okay. Pfizer made is they want to make it like pretty much like, let's say you have like moderate case of COVID, right? You know okay. how like, if you had like a flu, you would, you know, buy some right. like, you know, tylenol, like Tylenol or, or, tylenol or whatever. something. Yeah. They want to kind of make it like that. So where you, you, know, if you have COVID, it doesn't, the, the, the symptoms don't go well to an extreme, you know, you could still be okay.
1: fine. Understood. Okay. And real quick. So you guys heard, I mean, obviously now um, California is requiring I don't know if it's it's just the the county of LA or just it's a state in general. Um, it's LA county. Right? The indoor LA county, California. right? Yeah. So they're requiring all businesses to uh, require proof of vaccination before entering the store. Uh, I mean, I can give my thoughts, but I want to hear you guys' thoughts real quick. What do you I think, think it should that?
2: be up to the business. That's my thought. I mean, That's pretty much my I mean,
0: take. To be just completely honest, I am just over this COVID stuff. Like, I don't know what's happening at this point. Yes, I was. I'm aware of the recent. Um, I think the city council passed this ordinance, right? Where every single indoor bar, restaurant, store needs to require proof of vaccination. I, I mean, I haven't been to like a grocery store in a long time. But how does that work? Like, do you show before getting in? Everybody shows their vax
1: card, and like, that's ideally what's supposed to be happening, right? Major. So okay, the place I've been. I've been to the last few days. People aren't even wearing masks. The employees aren't even wearing masks. Okay, and this is in LA County. So I think what's happening is, so I completely disagree with this whole mandate thing of requiring, you know, the businesses to to uh, to, to receive proof of uh vaccination. I think it's completely horse shit because, like, look, I understand if a business wants to require it and say, hey, you know, like we're worried about this, we're worried yep. about our employees, we're worried about our customers, but to Force a business to be worried about it—that's just ridiculous to me. It, it shouldn't be forceful. It should be out of consideration. And if a company doesn't want to do that, they don't have to do that. You know, it's under their discretion. They're a private entity. They're not public entity. So I just think it's horseshit how the government's continuously trying to force businesses to take on like what they think is right. Like, sure, maybe it is right to get the vaccine, but to force that—that that, you know—ideology uh, onto somebody onto a business and therefore that business is forcing it onto their employee and onto their customers is just ridiculous. And this is getting, and, you know, I agree with both of you. I think this whole COVID thing is, is completely out of proportion. And I don't think businesses should be required. Uh, what's COVID again?
0: What's COVID? No, um, uh, I don't no. know. It
1: doesn't exist anymore. I, I, but in all
0: seriousness, I think, um, I, I think I am much more concerned about the ignorance of a lot of americans because our unvaccinated levels unvaccinated americans are still high in population and so I, what is it now 30 40 percent of eligible americans still haven't received the vaccine that just doesn't make that's insane to me so i, I don't know Well, everybody's eligible now <laughs> no but 40 percent of eligible people who can take the vaccine haven't taken
1: it right i believe that's the around what 40%. i'm saying is everybody's eligible right so it's just 30 to 40 percent of everybody hmm Right, you're right. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Like basically
0: everyone's eligible now. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think I don't, I'm really torn about this issue. I really don't I don't know what's the right strategy here. I think every single strategy has failed. What DeSantis did in Florida, Governor DeSantis, opened everything up and not care about COVID, that clearly didn't work. The New York model or the LA model where you have mandates and these shutdowns, that didn't work. I think a more moderate approach where you I don't know. I don't know how you would balance the site. I mean, it's very clear and cut to me, right? To mandate or not mandate. That's the question. So I really don't know what side to what side to be on here. Uh, I guess we'll see. But just get vaccinated like what how what's the problem
2: here like no one's trying to put anything in you hey man hey it's man. up to
1: the people it's up to the hey people
2: man. dude let them do their own research All right, they might do some <laughs> these guys let them there is okay you know what that's you're right i mean they they have the right and to that's right. what Kyrie said they're,
1: they're like, right I, man it's their right just let it let what it are be. they
0: doing are they like reading all these scientific papers that the nhs releases or the world health organization nobody's <laughs> researching nobody does that, their homework on that's it. what
2: that's that's what Kyrie said. That's like the funniest comment. He was like, yeah, I'm going to do my own uh, research and I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. Right. And I was like, bro, this dude's about to write at like a peer reviewed journal. Pure, or yeah, like, yeah. I was like, what's going on? Are
0: what's you on? having like trouble citing peer reviewed journals
1: before you? Like what's going on here? I, I don't know, man. I just get the vaccine. It's so long Do what long you, long you long. want. I'm a believer in, and you mm-hmm. do what you want. It's the right thing, but I don't, I'm not going to force him. But out. at a
0: certain point in time though, it's the question to protect other people
2: like as a community see this is what I mean by Dude, it we've talked Matt, about no, this Matt I agree with you like honestly I, I always I have that mindset too where it's like just let people do what they want right but that's I, but then no but then I start thinking about like just basic stuff right like when we were in elementary school right we had to get like fucking the vaccines for like so many different things I remember right so why does that not apply anymore like I remember I see I, I got like four shots or something when I came here and then like to go, get into elementary school. Right. And like, wh- why is those vaccines mandated? But like, COVID it's also is, diff- like- your immune
1: system. OK, so just real quick. I mean, I'm not I'm playing devil's advocate answering your question. Your immune system is also a lot different when you're young and it's a lot easier to you know get diseases and, and contract those types of things. I, I do. I, I've got the vaccine myself. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that's I think that's the reason.
0: Yeah, all of us are vaccinated, by the way. If you're listening, we're not anti-vaxxers. We're just we're just trying to express our opinions. But, but but I will say, we've talked about this so much on the podcast. This concept <laughs> of rugged individualism, toxic individuals, and what you're saying, in my opinion, is toxic individuality. Well, it's not because, toxic. Don't it, it is because everybody, no, if everybody no, 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 just no. wants to do opinion. their own thing, then why even like have any social consensus any social contract why even have a
1: government let's just have like let's just like not well care. i disagree with the government so i'm not, i'm gonna play double i don't agree with what the government's doing right now i think so i've told you so many times i think there's total turmoil in the government right now and I, it just, I, i'm over it yeah no that's a fair
0: opinion to have but the alternative isn't to say you know i'm not gonna do what logic tells me to do or science says i th- listen honestly I, you're, We're at a crossroads like this. We haven't experienced a pandemic like this since the 1920, right? The 1920 pandemic. This has been 100 years. It's a once in a century type of event. I think it's going to accelerate more and more. We're going to have more and more pandemics just because we're more globalized. But nonetheless, I think if taking the vaccine can save one person's life, why not just do it? It's about protecting a community of people, your fellow countrymen and countrywomen, so that's how I think of it. Like, what's Nobody cares
2: about country, man. Everybody's shellfish, man. Dude, for, okay, first of <laughs> all, dude, look, hear me out. Hear me out, dude. Listen, all right? I, okay, honestly, I think, I don't, I actually don't care anymore. I actually don't care. <laughs> I, no, no, I, I actually think about this. I don't care because I don't care if they don't get vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. I'll be fine. I'm chilling. Uh, and my parents are vaccinated. They they got the booster shot, too. They're going to be chilling. All these guys, if they don't want to get vaccines, they want to be
1: end up in hospitals. Hey, man. That's all you, brother. Good luck. Yes, sir. Okay, I, I, let's move on. I'm over this. Okay, so real quick before we get to the metaverse, I want to talk about – did you guys hear about Zillow, what the whole, the whole dilemma happened? No, okay, what happened? Okay, so, so Zillow went under this whole like business proposal. Not even proposal. It was a whole business action plan. And, and they acquired more than $670 million worth of, of housing, worth of houses in the housing market I'm not sure whether it's a global phenomenon or just U.S. I should look that up. But um, if you want to look that up real quick, Janish. Um, but what I will say is they looked up – so they, they acquire over $670 million based on an Excel sheet, right? So they said, hey, this is where the market's at. I'm going to buy the house here, and it's projected to be, you know, say 7% higher next year. And their action plan completely tanked, completely tanked. They are completely under uh, what they were supposed to be. And um, so they completely dismantled it. They're selling almost all of their property, and they still have um, millions of uh, millions of dollars worth of property to sell, so hundreds of millions of dollars worth of property to sell. and they're planning on selling it five to seven percent lower than the market rate. And that's per property, right? So that's an extremely high amount of money. And, and you know what the CEO said? the CEO all he said was, we expected the the Zillow housing market. To be higher than what we anticipated that were those were his exact words, so he, they completely uh disanticipated what 's happening right now, and they completely tanked and it just shows how the housing market is not as predictable as you know the the news is making it seem the economy economy is making it seem like the housing market is just increasing increasing increasing, but unfortunately that 's not the way it works, you know different economies like. You can say like the, the town I live in within Downey, I live in Downey, right? And there's bubbles within Downey that are worth a certain amount of money. And just because Downey as a whole, say the average house in Downey is worth $700,000, doesn't mean the bubble I'm in is worth $700,000, right? It doesn't mean the average house in, in, you know, South Downey is worth $700,000. You know, they could be less, they could be more. It, it's not a per square foot deal. A lot of houses have special little things added to them that adds value to their house. You know, their kitchen might have real marble inside, you know, and that increases their value. It's not just based on price per square foot in the region you're in. And so it just shows how how Zillow completely screwed up their uh, their whole action plan. And it's just extremely interesting to me. What do you think about that? So were they trying to flip houses and work out? So they exactly. were to
0: flip houses and the value of these houses was, you said $600 million or 400, hundreds of millions of dollars, worth hundreds of millions total. It so was a well, plan was to, million. So like how individual people, you know, flip houses all the time they buy and flip. They wanted yeah. to do it on a mega
1: level on a mega right? level. And it, why did it fail though? It failed because they failed to realize that not all price per. So essentially how it works is if you don't do your due diligence per property, if you just do it on a price per square foot scale, then you're going to completely fail because as I was saying, like the houses they could be flipping, first off right now, we are in a, a extremely high housing market, right? And so you're looking at a housing flip, just say you're in LA, right? A house that you could be flipping could be worth $550,000. That's a lot of money, right? Not even the average house in America is $550,000. And so a lower quality house being that price, So so whole point being... Zillow completely, dis- they didn't anticipate it. They they saw the houses that they were going, they're basing it on a price per square foot or they're basing it uh, based off of their neighborhood or how they looked, you know, things that aren't very intricate. You got to look at different things. You got to look at, you know, cap rate. You got to look at the IRR on the property. It's not just based on um, your price per square foot. That's the most basic thing in real estate uh, fundamentals. And it's just, it doesn't make any sense how one of the top real estate uh, um, websites in the world made that mistake i really don't understand like, like you said like these
0: billion dollar companies make these silly mistakes they don't do their due
1: diligence and it's insane it's, yeah it's, it's, it's wild but you know what that shows Ibrahim? it shows that these billion dollar companies and billion dollar you know ceos what they believe and most of the time it works out that money rules right and so when you have money it's a lot easier to make more money and so to make to have when you have money and you want to make another business plan, it's a lot easier to make that business plan roll out. But I think what happened and the major issue with this one is that, first off, there there's not a major um, requirement. Like you don't need to go buy millions of dollars worth of houses and flip them. Right. So first off, there wasn't a need in the market for it. And they're toggling with the economy. Right. So you're talking. Sure. It's six hundred seventy million dollars. That's a lot of money. But you're talking about trillions of dollars in the economy, which completely trumps the $670 million that they invested in it, right? And so when you toggle with something bigger than you are, that's when the downfall happens.
0: Yeah, sounds like the oh. downfall of Facebook, right? That's about to happen, right? <laughs> let's, let's transition <laughs> yeah, let's to that. We'll because, um, Jennifer, I think who wants to talk about the metaverse? Sure, I'll talk
2: about it. Or I guess I'll introduce it, right? So uh, if you don't, if you're hopefully not under, living under a rock, but Facebook has changed their name to Meta. And pretty much the whole idea is that it'll represent this Metaverse, which is going to be a 3D virtual space that, you know, companies are going to create as sort of like a future version of the internet. That's the basic premise. Now, people are all saying, so I've talked to some friends about this, you know, some friends who are actually in like computer science. And the whole whole idea is like some of them think it's a little too um, early for this type of technology, like a virtual world and stuff like that. You know, we've seen like movies about like virtual reality and stuff like that. But, you know, some people think it's too early for this. Um, some people think it's a great idea. But for, first of all, like before we dive a little deeper, what do you guys think? Is this what do you guys just think of like the idea itself? Not not about maybe. Uh, how it's going to impact their business, but just the idea of a 3d virtual space, it's kind of like a future of the internet. Look, I, I,
0: Mark Zuckerberg, no matter what anybody says about him, he's a visionary, right? I mean, no, he, he wanted, Facebook was only limited to Harvard students in the beginning. And then he, you know, visualized, why not open it to the rest of the world? And I would say he is one of the fathers, you could say of modern day social media, right? And he kind of led this change to happen. So, Now that he's planning on having like the transition that you mentioned, I think it's a noble idea and that's probably where we're headed. But is Facebook the right company to disrupt that industry and and to, you know, lead or pave the way? I don't know about that. I'm still wrestling with that, but for
2: sure. So just a little bit of background information. Facebook actually owns Oculus. I think that's the name. And Oculus is like one of the leading uh virtual uh, he- ha- like headsets uh, you have for like the um, virtual reality. I mean, so yeah, just, just, just back, in, background information, but yeah, Matt, do you have, do you have opinions?
1: Yeah, for sure. I, so I get the concept. I do think it's a noble concept. Like it just, it is going to change like how we interact right with each other. Even um, I think social media has changed the way we interact with each other and, you know, furthering that, making ev- like us virtual, I think it's going to further, I don't necessarily agree with the idea. I think I don't, I can't see, you know, I'm thinking much further ahead, right? Because obviously we're at a point, we're at a standpoint where uh, what Meta is going to do is we're going to be able to, you know, you know, Nike, they just bought seven patents that um, involve the Meta. So, you know, putting shoes on, you know, trying shoes on, seeing how it looks based on your, your character or what do they call Avatar based on your avatar and so and then you can decide whether you know it's a fit or not or what you know whatever it is or you know there's other ideas out there where you can physically try on like the clothes right and so you don't have to go to Nordstrom or you don't have to go to Nike to try on the clothes and I understand that concept I just don't agree with it's going to close retail stores down right and that's like that's insane to me you know that's where a lot of like social interactions happen that's where a lot of us just go to get out of the house and, you know, in previous podcasts, you might know, like, that's a big thing for me. I, I don't like just, like, the idea of sitting at home and, you know, Matt, that's all you're doing, right? Matt, the traditionalist.
2: He, he likes the idea of there. bows and
1: arrows. He
0: wants everyone to go back to a, a period where we didn't have cars. We had to walk to different places.
2: We had to go yeah,
0: exactly. to <laughs> our ships, venture out in the world, and just talk amongst each other instead of... Okay, no, like, Matt, no, but
2: in, let's, like... Let, okay let's remove your uh like classic kind of bias so you know you like the old fashioned, right what do you think of the idea just based on like maybe the business aspect of it or or do you think it'll be like successful do you think it'll uh, stuck with like the new generation i guess
1: 150 percent, dude i think it'll be successful right i just don't agree with how our our world is advancing and evolving that's my whole thing i think it'll be successful i think it's a smart endeavor Business-wise, right? Business-wise, I think it's a smart endeavor, and I think it could be extremely lucrative for, especially clothing companies, and especially game. Dude, I think gaming is going to be next level with this kind of thing. First, right? So I think this multi-billion-dollar industry um, is gonna, it's going to extremely advance. I'm not a gamer myself; I don't game at all, and so I don't really necessarily will understand that concept. But I do think people will be um, enticed by, it and they'll definitely use it and it'll definitely be profitable. I just don't agree with how everything's evolving, how everything's advancing.
2: Right, okay. So, you know, I've talked to some of my friends, like some computer science friends, and we've kind of discussed how we think maybe the technology is not there yet. And just in terms of like, not its social impacts, but just about the idea itself, right? We think like, hey, I don't know if the technology is there. Like, I don't know if everybody will be able to, you know, be in like a VR world right now or not, but, what, what, what we kind of concluded with was that even if the technology is not there, I think these companies like Facebook, they want to be pioneers for this technology, right? They want to be the first ones there because if they're, if, if they're the first ones there and this becomes like a multi-billion dollar industry, they'll be the head of it, just like they were in social media, right? So right now, their social media revenues are crazy. They're still doing great. But, you know, they're thinking 10, 20, 30 years into the future. If something happens 10, 20 years where, you know, social media starts like falling down, well, they'll have this, this is, this will be like the new thing. So I think what, like, like Matt said, genius business idea. I don't know if the technology right now will, you know, be, make its implementation great, but 10, 20 years down the future, I I think actually 10, five to 10 years, because technology is advancing super fast. So five, 10 years down in the future, I think it'll be
1: amazing. So so Janice real quick. So what isn't there, is the bandwidth not there? Like, can we not, Because obviously we're all capable of – we're not capable of it, but it's possible where we can make a clone of ourselves, an avatar, right, and put ourselves in a world. I mean, like I think Fortnite does that, right? What's not there? Like why can't we go ahead and make a free roam world and we, we all participate in that world? Yeah, so
2: first of all, I don't know if you, like, ever played a virtual reality game. But if you do, like if you've played a high graphic one where, you know, like things feel like real and stuff, like the mm-hmm. high graphic ones. I haven't played, but okay. But there, a lot of them don't even exist because there's not that many like super high resolution of uh, virtual reality games and stuff. But you need like a powerful computer or powerful like system. And then you need a big headphone over you. And then you need to be in that room. You can't, you know, just be portable around. I think, I don't know. See, this is the thing. I don't know what Facebook is trying to go for. If I think, what i'm envisioning is like you just have your phone and you just go out anywhere and you could just be you you could just be in real real world and then transfer into like the virtual world that's what i'm imagining i think that's what they're trying to do that's what i'm saying i don't know if the technology is there right now but that's pretty much what i'm saying
1: i I get what you're saying
2: okay so it's a computing problem our computers are
0: just the technology is one too expensive the average family can't afford it and this is something that will probably happen in the future when the technology becomes much more cheaper and more
2: efficient and much more common, right? That, that that's my initial outlook, but maybe maybe they have some things they've planned out, which is way different from the way I'm envisioning what they're trying to do. But yeah, well, I, I, I um, again, I I talk about
0: Kathy Wood, I think every single podcast, Ark Invest, but. She's heavily invested into virtual reality. And the godmother. <laughs> yeah, no, she is the godmother, you could say, right? I mean, like, uh, wow, what an investor. No, but um, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm invested in some ETFs that are uh, giving me some gains in, in, about this VR industry. But no, I think it, it is going to happen faster than we think, though, because pe- the pandemic COVID really accelerated. technological changes i mean we look at this we're in a virtual world on a laptop on a zoom right this is a virtual world that we can see each other it's already here the revolution is already here it's just this is the next step that's just more logical and we are just going to become a much and much more anti-social which i voted
1: against by the way i want to do in person but also
2: also just real quick one more thing um, I don't know. I mean, I always talk about this every podcast. We always talk about AI and stuff. But, you know, Matt was mentioning, like, oh, you know, I want to be everything in person stuff. Uh, AI in five or 10 years, I think it's going to be insane. I'm going to be honest. Like, the, some of the advancements these companies are making right now, it's like crazy. In, in five to 10 years, AI, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to lie. I, I'm actually scared. I think jobs are going to be disappearing left and right. It's actually kind of scary. Not Dude, you lie. know
1: what? Maybe I take that back. I hope everybody gets into this virtual world. And I hope everybody just gets like consumed into this metaverse thing and just like plays around. Cause you know, that'll mean maybe the environment will get a little bit cleaner. And you know when <laughs> I go travel to Australia, not as many people are there and I get to uh, uh, enjoy the fruits of, you know, my labor and go and travel the world and see things without it being extremely packed. So go ahead, please join the metaverse, join Mark, H- uh, Mark Cuban, Mark Zuckerberg's, uh, um, his track to his trek to make this metaverse and be consumed, less people surfing. Thanks, Mark
0: Zuckerberg. Did you guys see his uh, his uh, launch interview? He is such a bad salesman. The, like the way he was talking about the
2: metaverse was so, <laughs> dude. Yes, like, <laughs> so uncomfortable. Too... <laughs> I, di- I didn't watch it, but I can imagine this dude is like a lizard person.
1: Dude, he's just like, like uncomfortable, man. Like it's just weird. The- i i don't know if it's just like he's just anti-social or he no, likes I, like
0: he definitely has some sort of social anxiety disorder or something like that he's very socially awkward he always has been i mean come on the, since since the early days of facebook
2: it's all right man he's a billionaire. I mean he's, he's probably like it's like an introvert like a classic introvert. yeah yeah, yeah. it's just his I was like...
1: asperger's
2: I don't... I don't i don't know about that
0: <laughs> <laughs> so but he okay. probably has a condition um it's fine he is a billionaire he has the resources to address. It's it.
2: like the second richest it, or whatever t- top it, ten richest. Person. It is a
0: little weird though, like to see him talk about these things and then see fe- what Facebook has been doing, hiding all the research.
2: It, right? y- you know what's, You know what's crazy? Like Facebook already has so much information on us. After the metaverse, they have like our height, our fucking waist length, our, our eye color, like that everything. Scary, yeah, like, it's be so
1: okay. So even further than that, man. So I was reading about the metaverse. So another thing they're trying to track is like our personality traits. And so like, I'm five foot six, right? Five foot seven. And so like, if I go on to make an avatar, right. And I put that, I'm like six foot, for example, that not, not only tracks, like, you know, first off I'm lying, right. They don't know I'm lying, but that shows that I feel like I'm a high level negotiator. Okay. If I'm put, like, I'm a little thinner than I am, that shows like some insecurity aspect or whatever it may be. Right. But it, it tracks like personality traits and you know, not necessarily. Well, like maybe somebody that's actually six foot that maybe they don't think they're a high level negotiator and right? maybe they're just actually putting their their height, but they're setting these like categorical um phases to like see what kind of people are doing what. If, I if, think that's insane. If they
2: If they actually go through with that, that's actually like psychopathic they will be like tracking that's a, a psychology, I, yeah, right? that's actually. I, I, I don't think I would be comfortable joining the uh, meta metaverse.
1: right? Because they're just they know you, man. They're like they're they are you, you know what I mean? Yeah,
2: I mean, Facebook already knows me, bro. Like, I, I say something and sure. then it just that's the ad that shows up on Instagram. <laughs> yeah,
1: freaking weird world, man. Weird, crazy world,
0: and we're just uh small little
1: ants that are trying to pave our way. Boy. dude okay another thing real quick so this is just kind of like the significance of human beings since we're talking we're talking about that mm-hmm. um so they just so i don't know who it was it, i think it was a telescope in china that that saw it but they discovered a new element that's 12 million light years away you heard about this fluorine and so so check this out so fluoride is in our teeth right like and fluoride is in our toothpaste and that's what kind of makes our teeth white and all but this this um uh element that's in our teeth it was tracked 12 million light years away. And what happened was there was a massive explosion of a planet. And somehow, years in, and obviously millions of years ago, maybe even billions of years ago, it ended up being on Earth and some being ended up consuming it, right? And it ended up being our teeth. Like that's just maybe not being our teeth, but it's part of our teeth, right? Like that's insane to me that something that was 12 million light years away can be tracked back to Earth. And track back to humans, right? Like we're, we're thousands of years old, right? If not millions of years old. Um, I'm not saying humans are millions of years old, but like us as a being are millions of years old. And that's just, that's insane to me. How things are continuously being founded and space is continuously expanding. I don't, it's I don't know. It's crazy. This is deep.
2: No, it's yeah. crazy.
1: No, but one more thing, just, just like I, I
2: read a news story also that they've just found the first exoplanet outside the Milky Way. I think it was 26 million light, light years away, which was outside the Milky Way galaxy, which is actually insane. This, this is, is why. This, this is, is some... Why... Go ahead. I was just saying, this is some, you know, some things, you know, we need to uh, take some LSD and go to Yosemite with a telescope and talk <laughs> Did about... Did you say you know exoplanet? Right? Is that what you said? Yeah, exoplanet. So like a planet outside of... I mean, yeah, I guess it's just a planet. You could just say planet. This is why NASA, since we talk about government, is my
0: favorite governmental agency, because they're investing actually a lot in astrobiology. And what you just mentioned, right? The element part of that. They discovered uh, a living element feature in 12, 12 million light years away. I think, I, so I'm one of those people that believes that there's life in other planets and we're eventually going to discover it. They can't, it just can't be. Our universe is so expansive. It, it can't be that we're the only living beings. It has to be something else out there. It'd other be selfish to think
1: we're the only living things, right? In the world this big. Honestly yeah. we, we need a
2: astrology like we need a, we need to get someone with like a cosmos background to come on the podcast True. I be so I would be so interested talking for like yeah, three hours we should about this type of stuff That'd we be should awesome make it happen
1: yeah I'll look into that um yeah so uh, so I do think like this whole like with astrology in general, I think more money needs to be dumped into it. I remember it's, this is something in eighth grade right it, it um, it's just something that stuck with me my eighth grade. Uh, a science teacher was talking about how um, this was when do you remember when that half mile meteor was coming towards earth do you guys remember that and it was like a few hundred miles away but if it hit earth it would have caused catastrophic um, like dilemmas did you remember remember that okay so my science teacher was talking about how uh, uh, just a sum of 500 I want to say 500,000 it was like 500 like something like insignificant right and the government would not allow NASA to take that money up. They would not allow it. And what that, so at the time, I'm sure it's a lot more right now, but at the time, we were able to recognize 0.01% of all asteroids orbiting, right? Orbiting around Earth or, or, or a certain radius around Earth. And with that $500,000 worth of technology, we could bump that up to 2%. So obviously, at the time, we were able to see a lot or we thought we were able to see a lot. So imagine, you know, multiplying that by 200% to create that 2% and the government didn't allow it. Like, you know, we have hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, my God. We said a, a, we, we were saying astrology. We meant astronomy. Sorry, guys. Um, but Damn. anyway, but imagine we actually did have that money and like a lot of things that Jesus Christ, I feel like we, I can't believe we said that.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Aries and pieces. have we been saying
1: astrology. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I can't <laughs> believe we I'm, I'm sleep to
0: five. My my apologies.
1: Regardless, guys. Point being the government should allocate more money to space so we can see these kinds of things ahead of time.
0: Are you sure or do we need to invest more in astrology? Because that's also
1: exactly <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're right, dude. Maybe I need to see what a Libra really means. I could tell you, bro. Dude, you know what I heard actually about <laughs> astrology? I heard that there there's people talking about what time you're born, like that means something as well. Yeah, of
2: course. Well no, I just no, I nonsense. didn't I, I didn't know that No, that's anything. a big thing in astrology, like the what time you're born and like uh, People, even like what moon phases and stuff like that. It's no,
1: I don't know what that means. I don't even know what a moon phase is. Can I say something? Like of the well, moon, crescent or whatever, right? But... Yeah.
0: Remember when you said that we're so selfish? Astrology is the most selfish Astronomy. Study. Astrology. Oh, i thought
1: you were talking about astronomy sorry I no no
0: astrology is actually yeah. so stupid you're thinking is you're so <laughs> selfish you're thinking about what month you were born in has some importance like some time billions of people have been born but your particular time means something it means that you're gonna have a bad day today or a good day it's zero it makes zero sense
1: but it does i agree the only thing i will say about it it's like kind of it's i don't i don't agree with astrology at all but kind of what nietzsche says uh, about christianity it kind of gives people a purpose and it kind of gives people like a reason to keep going astrology is kind of the same what thing what purpose though cuz there's i just I, I don't think there's a purpose i personally <laughs> okay. don't think so but if people like enjoy it and that's what gives them cuz i think there's like i've seen like girls obviously their stories on instagram saying your daily affirmation and it's like, today, March 16th, this is going to happen, right? Like, like I see that all the time, right? And if that's oh, what they look man. forward to in the next day, like, more power to you. That's what you look forward to. Like, I agree with that. Like, go for it, queen. Like, whatever. <laughs> you go, queen. Yes, queen. All
0: right. I think I think we should just end the podcast. We're just so let's wrap time. up, guys. I'm tired. Okay. <laughs>